you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Don't touch that dial. You're tuned in to the Dread Podcast Network. Welcome. To development hell. For every horror movie that hits VOD, countless others end up. DOA. Development Hell is the podcast dedicated to unearthing these cursed horror productions. We're going to find out what went wrong and then decide if these titles still stand a shot at the green light. I am your host, Josh Korngut. I am the managing editor of Dread Central. I am also a filmmaker in Toronto, Canada. This podcast is a proud member of the Dread Podcast Network. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to a brand new episode of Development Hell. Today, we are blasting off into intergalactic territories with the one and only Chucky. We are joined today by a very special returning guest judge. We have Sheree Bohannon. Sheree, how's it going? It's going great. Thank you for having me. You know this is my favorite sport. Me too. Uh oh. Sheree, would you do me a favor and reintroduce yourself to the Development Hell audience? Definitely. So I am Sheree. I write the streaming guys for Dread Central, so I get to bother Josh. Oh. <laughs> um, I also am a co host of three different podcasts. Um, the oldest is A Nightmare on Fear Street. Um, the second is Blurdy Massacre, which is a newer one. She's like my little heart and soul at the moment. And I am one of eight. <laughs> rotating host on Anatomy of a Scream, Pod Squads, The Alter Tapes. Wow. I want to write a listicle like the eight best hosts from The Alter Tapes uh, <laughs> podcast, but then put you in order and like cause some drama. Right. They didn't mm. be like, um, you left me off. <laughs> no, but like, like, um, there's only seven people off. on this list. <laughs> like, well, I'm gunning for a slot. So t- <laughs> t- today we are talking about all things Chucky. 
We're also going to dabble into the topic of slashers in outer space. And then we are going on this never made Chucky in space entry. Before we give a bit of a historical rundown on the Chucky franchise, Sheree, I'm wondering, what is your relationship with the little doll who kills? Me and Charles Lee Ray go way, way, way back. Like I was a child when I discovered the Chucky franchise. And so I couldn't even say freckles. I would say fuckles. (laughs) Like that's how young I was. And I, I've been obsessed because I mean, like, I didn't like dolls and toys as a child because I was a weird then, as we know I grew up to be. And so I, I don't, I didn't know why I was drawn to him, but I watched everything I could get my hands on, and I wanted like the doll and the T-shirts. And I'm still campaigning to get my own Chucky doll, and I wanted to be gifted to me. Mm-hmm. And that's my real goal in life. Once I get my Chucky doll sent to me by Sci-Fi or USA or Don Mancini, I will quit. Just so we're all clear. If you want me to go away, give me the doll. I think it, there's a good chance that by the time we get into the promo for season two, that will happen. People got them last year and I was happy for them, but I was happy like that sad bridesmaid who's like crying a little bit. What did I do wrong? Maybe if we sit in this episode, somebody will hear us. <laughs> Yeah, but we should make it threatening so they know we mean it. Before we get a little deeper into our personal feelings and histories with all things Chucky and Child's Play, how would you feel if I gave a little bit of a seminar on this franchise? I would love that. Let me get my notebook. Child's Play, sometimes also known as Chucky, is a slasher franchise created by horror hero Don Mancini. Focus on a character by the name of Chucky, who is a doll reanimated, voiced by Mr. Brad Dora. Dorif plays the voice of Chucky. And then we also see Mark Hamill, for some reason, voice Chucky in the reboot that I'm going to force you to talk about. I'm sorry. Um, It was a time. Yeah, so Chucky escapes death by transforming himself into a good guy doll through a bizarre voodoo ritual. A little bit problematic, but what are we going to do? So the first film, Child's Play was released on November 9th, 1988, eventually spawned six other entries, a television series, as I said, a remake, a comic book, uh, video games, and all sorts of amazing tie-in merchandise. These first few films were big earners. Like, So the first, second, and fourth films were like successes. The third was kind of a flop. But um, the entire franchise has generated around $250 million. So for a little guy, that's some pretty big money. It also won a Saturn Award at one point for Best Horror Franchise. Does that mean anything to anyone? When I say Saturn Awards to you, charade does that mean anything i know of them i thought <laughs> that used to be a bigger deal when i was a kid because anything with awards seemed bigger when i was a kid mm-hmm. <laughs> and like i some authors and people will listed in like their twitter bios and i'm like oh i like her stuff she deserved one of those at some point we don't really get to see what goes into it it's like this thing that we hear about after the fact every year i remember once maybe two years or something they did like a horror specific award show Mm -hmm. And I think Chucky hosted it once. Does that sound familiar? I remember seeing clips of that. That sounds vaguely familiar. And I don't know if I was like alive or watching the old VHSs because my mother was recording shit from (laughs) like USA and things. And so my timeline is always wonky. Wow. We're going to have to dig into Archive 81 over there one of these days and unearth some of this stuff. Probably where the last VHS (laughs) is. What? So this film series started off as straight horror with the first film. And then once we start dipping into the second film, third film, and then really with Bride of Chucky, we start to see the Child's Play franchise sort of dip away from straight-laced horror into camp, horror, comedy, 
full-blown comedy, dark humor galore. When it comes to Chucky and Child's Play, what do you prefer? Do you prefer the humor? Do you prefer when it's serious? Do you prefer a mix of both? I kind of love all of it because like it's one of the few franchises we kept the original creator aside from when they tried to take it from him and none of us had that for the right reasons what the Um, fuck what the fuck was that i i just if jay tilly saw i was doing something and felt the need to tweet about it and say hey y'all y'all fucked up i would shut it down oh my god did jennifer did jennifer say something she's how i knew mancini was not involved because she was (gasps) like hey this like reboot, that's not us. That's not Mancini. That's not me. What is happening? And that's how I found out. I started Jennifer Tilly should have burnt the house down. Listen, um, she if I just I can't be in a world where Jennifer Tilly is upset with me. And so the fact that they no. were like, we see her, but gonna do what we gonna do. And they got Aubrey Plaza. <laughs> I was like, what's happening? Why is this happening? I wrote this news article about Jennifer Tilly showing up in the Chucky show. And I think the headline was something like, Jennifer Tilly shows up to the Chucky series and she brought a really big needle. And then she she posted it herself. Like she didn't retweet it. She like posted the article. And then the status for the article was just the headline. And I thought like, this is the best day of my life. I don't even know what I would do. Like if- Best day of my life. I would retire. I would be like, Jennifer Tilly, I'm sorry, Queen J. Tilly retweeted me or tweeted me and my work. I have mm-hmm. to leave. As someone who's been 25 a couple years, mm-hmm. I just feel mm-hmm. like I'm still waiting to look as hot as Jennifer Tilly. Jennifer Tilly is the hottest person in the world. I, did I tell <laughs> you my story about how I went to sleep and woke up hoping I didn't get robbed? Tell me right now. So I had an AMC pass. It was back in the days before the pandemic. And Dr. Sleep was playing. I just listened to the Audible book. And so I was like, let me go do it. I used to like Stephen King. Let's go. And so I go in knowing nothing. And I find out the runtime is what it is. I'm like, oh, no, I made a mistake. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so we started. And I don't even know when I went to sleep. But I went to sleep. And I woke up. And they were at the Overlook Hotel. And I was like, oh, no. And I had to, like, <laughs> check my bag. and said to make sure nobody took my phone or, like, my $5. <laughs> my, like, train pass. <laughs> And so, like, I almost got robbed, and that's why I don't fuck with that director anymore. <laughs> that's so. F- um, I was just listening to a Nicole Byer podcast episode, and she yes. was talking about how she went to a movie and then left her keys in her car, like in her car. No. Yeah, and realized this during the movie, and like decided n- that she would risk it, and her car was What's still the there movie? when she got back. What was the movie? I feel like it was some like Spider-Man thing or something. Like not anything that would make it worth it. That I mean, Spider-Man is like nine hours long. I watch <laughs> it, but like it's a commitment. So if you make it past a certain point, you got to stick it out no matter Why what. Why are movies so long? Because nobody knows how to edit anymore. Like <laughs> if if I make it two hours into a Marvel movie. That Rob Zombie's The Monsters is going to be two and a half hours long. That's we, too much Rob Zombie. It's a lot. I, I, we immediately, this podcast gets immediately pulled off the air. This is going to disappear. They're going to be like, you brought her on and she said disparaging comments about the Flanagans and the zombies. What? <laughs> oh my God. Not the Flanazombigans. Oh, oh no. no. This is my nightmare. I didn't know this is mm-hmm. my last day writing for Dread Central. It's been wonderful <laughs> working with you. <laughs> yeah. So we had those first three films. They sort of teeter from serious, serious horror into less serious and more sort of satirical in camp. This is when we see the emergences of 1998's Bride of Chucky, directed by Ronnie Yu and starring that girl 
from Catherine Heigl. That's the one starring Catherine Heigl. No, how dare us? Starring Jennifer Tilly and nobody else. Listen, it would have been better that way. But also, John Ritter <laughs> was there. Oh, yeah, John Ritter. R.I.P. him in the movie and IRL. Right, right. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But you never told us, Josh. Do you prefer when Chucky was trying to be serious or when oh, he just embraced the camp? Oh, my God. It's so funny. I was like, do I say this or should I just move on? And then I made the horrible mistake of moving on. And really, in my heart, I wanted to say. I felt it because I needed to know. <laughs> did, you, did you feel it? So yes. this is my full-blown, absolute, true answer, is I prefer when it's scary, but with hints of of camp and hints of humor to give it a little bit of spice. But at the end yeah. of the day, when it's still serious, I think what sums this up is that I think my favorite Chucky film is Curse of Chucky, number six. Oh. Yeah. Are you familiar with this entry? Oh, yes. I've seen all of them now. Oh, thank God. Thank God. <laughs> I was like, um, yeah, I was really asking, are you a fraud? <laughs> that was no. my question. So you, you're I good. Never. You're not. Like, yeah. listen, this is, I, I can progressively admit now that I am an older 25, mm. that this is probably <laughs> the most solid franchise of all the franchises. It, and mm. it's because you have the creator there every step of the way to be like, okay, we've done what we can. Let us get him married. Let us have the Glenn Glenda jokes. Let us have a show that's going to be the best show on TV. And nobody rest can do that. Because, like, we we damn sure know where Mikey went. <laughs> and we know where Friday 13th has gone and will go. And so I kind of, I, I'm living for Chucky and the renaissance of Chucky. Me too. Um, Chucky has really not, has really not gone afoul many times. Other than the reboot, which I think we can just ignore because it's not yeah. canon. So I think it's okay for us to ignore. Everybody um, else does. Number three, I think I would be brave enough to admit is a little bit of a misstep, although it's watchable as hell. I, I'm conflicted because, like, first off, I I don't love armies or kids in armies, even though that was a constant thing in the 90s. Was it? But, yeah, so many movies. <laughs> oh They're my away God. at... I forget the camps. Um, where the kids are there, and now they're gonna do a paint war. Major <gasps> Cadet pain. Kelly was that in the nineties? Not really. I mean, That's it cool. was the arts, but it was early enough arts where it might as well be. Okay, um, okay, okay. Um, and so I, I don't love that, but I also appreciate that like one of the characters was an actual black child because none of these franchises actually like cast black people for the most part. Like I, I don't know if you've been counting, but I do. <laughs> I'm just like. Well, Friday the 13th, I see us in the bathroom. Okay. Um, And, like, Michael Myers, I think we... I think we're visible starting in, like, maybe H2O and then Resurrection. Um, Okay, I don't hate Resurrection, but that can be a topic for another day. I'm conflicted about that as well, but I will say that for another day. I'm inviting myself back. We'll find something Michael Myers didn't do. Let's do it. Yeah. (laughs) And you're saying the Chucky series, you were seeing more people of color or rest of the franchises out there? According, yes, because um, the other franchises, they were not trying to find us in their third movie. For for Nightmare on Elm Street, how do you feel like with oh, yeah. Kincaid? Yeah, yeah, I I love that actor. I feel like that character was definitely written as a bunch Ooh. of stereotypes because oh, the way he spoke. Oh, yeah, it's bad. Have you ever heard and him that, talk about his audition? Because it's... It, it always hurts me because you have these actors who are probably capable of things we never got to see them do because Hollywood is just so default into whiteness and Mm -hmm. so like you see all this possible potential there and you wonder what could have been um and these people are like pushing like the older years because like they've been around forever and you're like i hope they get their shot but they probably won't because like we're not really doing that much better (laughs) and lawrence fishburne sorry to interrupt 
Larry, oh actually, Larry. which is how he was credited in that film. We call him Larry Fishburne in our episode on Fear Street, and it's the name of the t- episode, too. It's like, oh, that's Fishburne. good. Uh, I, li- I like it for him. I, I love an actor who's like, I'm going to start off as Larry, but when I like actually get to be good at what I do, I'm going to be Lawrence. That's I a move. The, I think it was the right move for him. Right? Like, can you um, imagine? It's like, I'm now in Joshua. And it's like, huh? I would Show love to. I would love to have the confidence to pull off a Joshua, but I just don't think I'm there yet. A lot of my Joshua friends have cut it down to Josh, and so life has definitely told them they were not ready for it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't think life would approve. I think they would just say, "What are you doing? Go back to the way that you were." Um, but I think once success makes me a worse person, that's yes. when I can do it. Once I've been destroyed by ego and success, I'm going to become a Joshua. I'm gonna change my name to Charcuterie. Mm-hmm. Is that that's your like so successful your evil name? Yes, um, because people can't get charade together, but they can. They know what Charcuterie is. What? Hard, charcuterie is so much harder than charade. Like classically, <laughs> one of the hardest words. Listen, people act like my name is just not a thing. Good though. Did you say that was a drag name option for you? Because it should mm, be now that we're here. It should be. Oh yeah, we weren't talking about drag names on this show. It was on your show. Yes. This poor audience is like, what are they? What are they talking about today? Like we do many episodes we? together, and they need to get into all of them. Yeah, <laughs> we have an extended universe at this point, and um, we have a multiverse. So yes. uh, <laughs> Doctor Strange. Right. Okay, before we get back into topic, I'm sorry, everybody. Have you seen Everything Everywhere all at once yet? Of course. It's my favorite thing. You? Uh, I saw it last night. I saw it last night. I wept. It, it gave me too many feelings. Because I, me- yeah. I didn't know what to expect as usual. If I don't research things, I just go in so nothing's ruined. And I was like, oh, no. Don't you give me this movie about feelings. Oh, no. Yeah, but it was, was so cool. It was, it was really incredible and really beautiful. Those guys have to be queer, right? The Daniels? Like, is, I won't must- hear anything else. I, like, I have no information on this. No. But I would be absolutely shell shocked if the if this was not a film by queer men. I I will never believe anything else. Like I could actively be in the act of sleeping with one or both of them and still be like, I think you're still gay, but thank you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. They're the, the gay guys that sleep with women. There's many of them out there. Uh, we had Seed of Chucky. Thoughts on that? I actually like Seed of Chucky now. As a kid, it went over my head because I didn't get all of the things, which is weird because like it's right up my alley. Um, just so like maybe, camp sex jokes. I, yeah, I think maybe it was just too campy because I mean, Bride of Chucky definitely like got us closer to that. But then Seed of Chucky was like full camp, and I think that as a child, I was like, no, we gotta yeah, stab I, our people seriously. Yeah, I did not know what was going on. I saw that in theaters, and I was like, I don't know, fourteen, and I was like, yeah. ew, like, <laughs> like I, just, <laughs> I was like, I don't know about all this sperm jokes. Like this right? seems gauche to me at the age of fourteen. It felt so weird because again i didn't know mancini was not a straight man because i didn't have internet i was raised by bumpkins mm-hmm. um but i sensed something because like usually if i'm hanging out with a person he's probably a little bit queer mm-hmm. I mean, so, 100%. yeah i just i don't talk to straight men for good reasons because like i like your work clearly i i think that maybe this is why and so this mm-hmm. one was weird so I'm like, this is a lot of sperm jokes is this what we do is this what we do now what's happening in the world i feel like but there's a lot I- of sperm and ejaculation physical gags in the early 2000s and i'm thinking yeah. of that scene from scary movie oh my god that went on forever i just don't think we need it i think it can be alluded to so there's something about mary you know what i mean 
for whatever reason, coming out of the 90s into the early aughts was like prime frat boy era. So it was all like, um, uh, oh my God, I just forgot like nine different horror movies. Like the one where they have to kill their roommate to get their better grades with Mark Proglasser. Uh, um, hold on a second. Dead Man on Campus. Oh, I don't think I've seen that. I think that's the name of it. I might have made up a name. But we also had like Idle Hands, which gave us, again, mm-hmm. like a baby face Devin Sawa, but it was still like, mm, mm-hmm. my hand. And let me tell some frat jokes. Yeah, like um, masturbation <laughs> is the metaphor, I guess. I right. Know. And it was also American Pie getting like multiple sequels. And so yeah. we we were not living our best lives back then. And I think that, no. <laughs> no. that sort of influenced some of these sperm jokes here. I guess um, so. Although anything's yeah. safer than watching a movie from the 80s, because no matter what, you're going to get a very nice character using the word faggot very rudely. And it's yeah. just like, whoa, it's like dodging bullets every time. It's very scary for me. Movies from the 80s have like this offensive word salad that they all must have, like a bingo card, <laughs> if you will. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. And- and you can fill up your bingo card multiple times. Um, a lot of the 80s movies. It makes me nervous. And then after Seed of Chucky, we had a bit of a hiatus. I think Seed of Chucky's failed to perform at the box office. I think Bride of Chucky did fairly well. But after Seed of Chucky, the studio was like, girl, that's enough Chucky for right now. Until, no, just under 10 years later in 2013, we had the criminally underrated, criminally underseen Curse of Chucky. And I'm wondering, yes. you've heard a little bit about how I feel about this movie, but where are you? Who are you? What are you doing? True story, Curse and Cult, I watched for the first time last year because I, I never got to see them because I don't <gasps> know what I was doing in life. And oh so I, I watched them out of order because they never aired them in order. And so I woke up and I was ready to go at 8 a.m. on Sci-Fi to see what I thought was the next installment. And it was the last movie. And I knew this because I saw flashbacks. I'm like, they wouldn't just make flashbacks for a movie. I missed something, didn't I? <laughs> yeah. And so after all that fucking hard work, <laughs> I was like, and I'm seeing less of order anyways. Um, so I'm salty about that. And because I saw it after the movie that follows it, I think that <laughs> I'm just bitter. But it's not It's not that movie's fault. It's sci-fi. Wow. wow so you're, you're a horrible person and you don't like my favorite Chucky installment. That's okay. That's it's fine. It's not my least favorite. I just have that. I, I think had I seen it in the correct order, it would have hit differently than me being like, this is where this is from. This is it where that hit, moment's from. It hurt. Yeah. And, and in that Cult of Chucky entry, you're right. I feel like it's very piecemeal. There's a lot of like, and then this happened, flashback. Mm-hmm. Uh, cult of Chucky... I like it. A little bit uneven. Definitely has a an air of direct-to-video mayhem to it. I love that it ends with Nika and Tiffany deciding to run off into the sunset. Gorgeous. <laughs> um, and so I don't even care how we got there. It's about the destination for me. I agree. And Nika is a character that we first meet in Curse of Chucky, played by Fiona Dorif, uh, the child of actor Brad Dorif, who is the voice of Chucky. So we have a bit of a Chucky legacy going on here. Um, I love the character of Nika. Same. Yeah. In Curse of Chucky, she's the protagonist. She is in a wheelchair in this sort of big spooky Victorian house. So once Chucky starts killing people, we sort of have this cat and mouse haunted house vibe. It's very contained. It's pretty serious. I would call it scary, violent. With, you know, hints of camp and humor. 
it's probably the scariest one if we're gonna be honest because like again i i love this franchise but like we first get chucky and it's 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 wild because it's a hard sale because at the end of the day it is a doll and i we let it go because we love it but it's a doll it is Uh, just a doll (laughs) Right. And so for this one to have a little girl inherit this doll, so it's in her home and like all these people are not talking to each other. And so they're sort of isolating themselves <laughs> and it makes it, it makes sense and easier that he would be able to pick them off and like torture them a little bit. Mm-hmm. And there's more people. It's not just like a kid and his mom who doesn't believe him. And yeah. Yeah. The, the reign of terror in a house works for Chucky, which is part of the reason why the show is working so well, because they're like, Put him in the house, let him stab some kids, and set it on fire. Yeah, and that, I mean, he loves doing all that in the TV show. Truly, yes. truly, it works. And I think Curse of Chucky is maybe the first time we see some overt, overt queerness in the series. Maybe I'm missing something from from Bride and from Seed. Oh, I no, mean, of course, Seed, Seed of Chucky has some... <laughs> never mind, never mind. I don't know how to enter this conversation. <laughs> I was wrong. But you know what? I'm glad that I was wrong because I don't want to have to skip by Seed of Chucky without talking about the trans element with the queerness element because yeah. as rough around the edges as it may have been in 2005, I still think it was done without hate in its heart. It was done... I have to say it. I don't think it was that problematic. I think that... It could have been a whole lot worse. Uh, Basically, for those that don't know, in Seed of Chucky, Chucky and Tiffany have a child together. And that child turns out to be a non-binary doll who sort of switches between two genders of Glenn and Glenda. So we kind of play with, you know, the transgender element a little bit in that film. And it's weird. And it's like not in good taste, but I think that it's doing it better than anything else in 2005 was handling trans themes. How do you feel? I would second that. I weirdly enough, I just discovered Attack of the Queer Wolf because I'm obsessed with Nay Bevers. Mm-hmm. Didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were talking about this movie and it was interesting hearing them talk about it because like all of them, I assume, are older than me because I'm only 25. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and all of mm-hmm. them are also like, Somewhere on the queer spectrum. And I don't I don't know specifically who all of... Because I know... I mean, I know Michael Kennedy and I know Nay, but I don't know their other co-host, Mark, or their, like, produ- producer. Um, and so I don't want to just be like, well, here's where I think they are. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it was it was interesting listening to them talk about it because, like, it it's not right. It's not wrong. It's not... It's not anything as bad as when it's handled by people who were, like, cis and straight at that time. Um, but mm-hmm. it is a little bit rough, but also yeah. there's so much that's important in there because like they talk about that scene where they pull down Glenn Glinda's pans and they're like, look, it's a boy. Look, it's a girl. Just from trying to like, look at like where the genitalia should be. And that's not how we identify people anymore. If we're mm-hmm. like paying attention. Um, <laughs> and I, I think that's important and how they were like trying to put their perceived notions of identity onto their child even though they both serial killers are like, well, you got to be a girl. You got to be a boy. And mm-hmm. I, yeah, I just, I don't know. It's a lot. And I'm still reprocessing what I thought I knew. <laughs> so I, long answer. The whole messiness of it. I agree. Like it's, it's hard. It's hard to process. Right? <laughs> and uh, yeah. And if anyone hasn't seen seed of Chucky in a while, I suggest revisiting it. Um, okay. It's definitely an interesting case study for queer representation and horror in the early mid two thousands. But you know, it's not, it's definitely nowhere near as destructive as any of the other franchises around that time. 
It's also no sleepaway camp. Oh, God, sleepaway camp. Have you seen sleepaway camp two and three? I watched the first two and the third one watched me. I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, there is an okay death though in the third one where a girl gets pulled up the flagpole and then dies. But that's the only good moment that I can recommend. I just, I don't know what it is. Cause like the, so like sleepaway camp feels like a thing that should hit my nostalgia buttons. Cause again, I love watching people who are 40 pretend to be 15 and mm-hmm. catch passage with their chest at camp. I don't know why that relaxes me. <laughs> Get into it. Yeah. And so I, it, it should do it for me, but also there's always something. And I think that is a great part of them. Just like not understanding what they're doing because like the first one, we have this kid who's almost assaulted in a kitchen and we don't talk about it. And then we have yep. like the reveal, yep. which is also the very ending where this person's panting with her dick out and they've been good. made a monster. And then we just like keep that person as the monster for the entire franchise, apparently. Oh, it's so horrible. There's a monologue at the beginning of Sleepaway Camp 2 where they're just doing like a kind of like a. It's sort of like at the beginning of Friday the 13th, too, where like a camp counselor is telling you where's Jason's at. Mm-hmm. And they sort of just tell you what happened to her. And it's the most transphobic thing I've ever heard in my life. This little was- monologue about like awful. how she went and got Ugh. Never mind. I can't even get yeah. into it. It's no, terrifying. It's awful. And it makes me feel bad because like, uh, again, there was no representation. And so you have queer people who will die on this hill for this movie. And you have okay. ones who are rightfully like, that ain't it. <laughs> and <laughs> it's messy and <laughs> I think about how like there's stuff like in black culture where I'm just like no we need to let Dave Chappelle go and people can't yeah. <laughs> and I'm like we need to let them go I said what I said and so it's to each community there is a couple of things we need to like really like discuss and like drag all of um, I just love that I've dragged like two horror directors and Dave Chappelle so I'm winning <laughs> well Dave what? Chappelle listens to this podcast so I'm gonna get he's, hate mail like, he's <laughs> Sobbing right now. Which is, he is. He needs to learn. He needs he to learn how to spell my name just to make a bad joke. <laughs> I'll be. I'll be impressed that he figured it out. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like who read that to you, Dave? Who read it? <laughs> Before we move a little bit onwards and upwards in our world, I'm wondering what are your thoughts about this television series that we got in 2021? I lived, I laughed, and I loved. Like we went live every week, and it was not enough. I love the soundtrack. I love the actors. I love the set. I love the tone. I, I love that tone. we killed a bunch of kids. I love the dramatic deaths. Like I, I lived my best life. I loved it too. I cannot wait for the second season. Um, you should be a guest on one of our lives. Please don't play with my heart. Um, <laughs> no. Look, when we know when it's coming, which you'll know before me, <laughs> yeah, I'm figure sure. out I'm when sure. we're going to do sure. it. I'll I've done one live in my again. life. <laughs> I, was, I did one live thing in my life, and it was with Xena, and um, it was a good day. Although she made I... me talk about the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie, which was, oh, no. for me, very triggering. <laughs> yeah, I remember you said what happened. Oh, no, I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's but our lives are less stressful because we just get drunk and talk about things. Well, that sounds um, like right now. And I only had like one critique for this show and that's like very rare because like it's a whole ass series and I had like one critique and I was like, oh, okay. The black kid whose name I just forgot because it's been so long. What was his name? I'm literally looking it up as you asked me that. Thank you so I can use that because I don't want to be like the black kid. His name is on the show. The character's name was Devin. Awesome. So we're going to take it from here because I know names now. Um, So my one critique is that Devin, who is like the only black child we're interacting with in this whole universe and whose mother is a cop 
and he's into crime podcasts. So I understand how like it's perceived for them in this writer's room. But like for me as a black person to watch him walk around in his costume of caution tape, it just took me a second mm-hmm. to like not be upset. Tell me a little bit more. I In America, we have a lot of police brutality and we have a lot of Black people who are constantly being murdered by the police. And so to see a, the only Black person in this world wearing caution tape, and that's what I associate with, oh no, what did they do to whoever it was down the street? Mm-hmm. It just, it, it was jarring, especially because like I let my guard down in this world because Mancini's not hurt me <laughs> recently. Yep. And so I was frustrated <laughs> and I was like, oh no. And it took me a second. And even when we were doing the live, because that was when we were just me and Trent, Trent wasn't getting it at first. And I was like, no, I'm telling you, I I don't like seeing Black kids associated with crime scenes, even for a costume, when Mm -hmm. they are the only Black kid. Mm -hmm. I understand completely. What about his association as like a crime podcaster? Does that sort of apply to that as well? I'm fine with that. And I think that's where the disconnect was because they were like, he's in the, these podcasts. So if he would do this costume, but like me, I understand as a writer, he wouldn't, those right? breadcrumbs. Like, if that was a real person, that wouldn't have happened. Yeah. Right. I'm- Especially because his mother is a cop and that has to be a whole identity crisis that we didn't get from her yeah. as a black woman who's a cop in America. And yeah. so I, I just think that if there are black people in that room, they maybe weren't comfortable being vocal um, but like, I don't, I, I did not feel that there are black people being heard in that space. I'm just going to say that. I would doubt it in that writer's room, but if we're wrong, I would love it if you guys could reach out and let us know. Cause listen, we've got to live, got to learn. Right. I would love, I would love to hear how they rationalize that or if they, they yeah. just were not there that day. Because again, if I, if I am in a writer's room, I'm trying to get people the good word, whether they listen to me or not. It's usually <laughs> up to them. But yeah. I'm saying what I'm trying to say. What are some of your favorite things about this series? Everything. Yeah, I love Jennifer Tilly getting to be a sexy older lady because usually after the age of 25, they send us out to pasture. Yeah. Um. I also love her wardrobe. I love Fiona. I didn't realize Fiona cackles and I cackle, and oh, I probably don't have. Yeah, and so I love seeing women who cackle because I do it, and I probably learned it from Chucky, to be honest, because, again, watched it way too young. Um, I got to interview Fiona Dorough during that series run, and it was maybe the best day of my life. I am jealous. Her dressing in drag as her father and going out Uh, in the real world. So funny. Yeah, she told me also that story, because they filmed it in Toronto, where I am, and she said, yeah, like she got, yeah, she got put on the makeup. She looked identical to her dad and she just went out to a bar and like hung out and people just assumed she was a cis man. And what a, what a wild story. So I'm getting a flight to Toronto and I'm staying with you because um, <laughs> I didn't know they were filming in your neighborhood. Yeah, boo. Yeah, they really are. They really I got a passport. Really are. <laughs> And I don't um, like my country, so let's just make this happen. Uh, like, no, we're both moving to LA. I'm sorry. <laughs> just need to After they finish it. rapping Chucky, after that. Fine, 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 fine. Um, my okay. Tell me how you feel about this, and if you want to read me, please do it. But I think one of my favorite characters on the show, unfortunately, is Lexi because I yes. love, I love the whole like, uh, bully to main character pipeline they do it with yes. cordelia on buffy and they do it really well with lexi here it like that, shows the well-roundedness of her 
she was my favorite character to love to hate. And I yeah. made that actor to know that because like, I, I don't know talking to these babies. I don't know their lives. But every week I was like, I hate her character. I want her character to die. And it's because she nailed that bully. She nailed that like pampered princess. Yeah. I didn't think that her hero journey was justified, but it no. was a little rushed at the end. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. no, I still hate her. I'm still <laughs> You're so right about that. <laughs> Listen, but it did happen. And I also kind of liked her dynamic with her, I would sister. say, neurodiverse sister. Yeah. I uh, thought that was really interesting. I I love the sister because we don't get neurodiverse um, characters on screen. And to see her bond with Chucky in a weird way. So like, good. One of my favorite bits is when like Chucky's in her bed because like she's been gifted Chucky. Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to kill your sister. And she's like, uh, I'll stay. I'm sleepy. Yeah. They have a really beautiful relationship. It's 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 pure. I don't want to be controversial, but I feel like she's my favorite child I've seen Chucky interact with. Um, wow, that says a lot. There was a lot of children in the series. And then we've also got Christine Elise. How could you have forgotten her? Oh. Seems rude. Okay, Sheree, <laughs> what is your official ranking of this franchise? We're going to include oh. the series, but we're not going to include the reboot. Well, the reboot was going to be my least favorite. Damn it. Um, yeah. I think we can even just like skip the reboot today. That everybody skipped it, which is why I yeah. <laughs> went away. Um, I, I think my least favorite is probably two. Controversial, I know. I was just um, going to say very controversial. People love to. And I'm like, it's fine. It's not It's not great. It's not bad. It's fine. Mm, um, like it. She's my least favorite. Um I would say next least favorite. God, ah, hard. It is. It's it's rough. Roofs do. You like Seed of Chucky more than you like Child's Play too. It's okay. I do still love you, and I do still respect you. I I just it's shocking. She's she's a complicated baby, but she's my baby. (laughs) You know. Okay. Okay. That's okay. Am I am I okay with this? Yes, I'm okay with this. Let me let me start from the top. Let me start from yes, the top. Yes, it's always that. easier to start from the top and then Okay. Um I think I think I'm going to put uh, I'm going to put I'm going to put one up top but purely for nostalgia and it should not be number 1. I and just to that. be safe so people don't literally show up at your house with guns. Listen, I would have to really move to Canada tonight. I'd be like, yeah, "Oh, I'm yeah. happy we, we recorded we this and I'm on guns. my way." Okay, so we got number 1 in number yeah. 1. I'm putting her there, and I know it's nostalgia. Don't come for me. Um, I'm putting the series at number two because, like, it's doing all the things that this franchise could and should have been doing. But, like, as the new information is coming and it's being processed. And, again, I only had one note, which, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a note. But, like, (laughs) it's one note, so I'm going to put her at two. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to put, I'm going to, I'm going to put Colt. Wait, I'm going to put Curse. That's the one in the home. Oh, thank God. Yeah. Yes. I saw them out of order, so I always mess it up. Plus, they're both C words. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Whoa. I wish you could see me with my hands trying to, like, keep these up like I'm Doctor Strange. Um, uh, <laughs> um, and then I'm going to put I'm gonna put three because, again, we have a black <laughs> kid who's part of the action. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to do... Huh, I'm going to do... Cult. Bride. Oh, Bride, yes. Because Jay Tilly. Because we haven't done Bride or... Um, Seed. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I'm going to do... Whew, I think this is where I'm going to put 
This is where I'm going to put the cult, I think. I think I'm going to put cult here. Cult is second last? No. Yeah. Because then there's two, and then there's... And then there's... No, then there's two. Did I do it? Okay, so let's... uh, let's, I'm going to go through them. So first you had number one. Mm -hmm. Then you had the TV show. Mm -hmm. Then you had... Fuck. Was it Bride? No. I think it was... Curse? Oh, so, okay, right. First was... No, it was three. Oh, okay. Right. So first you have number one, then you have the TV show, then you have three, then you have Curse, then you have Bride? Yes. Then Seed, then Cult, then Two. Yes. No. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I can live with that. Yes. That seems right. Okay. (laughs) Sorry if I got anything wrong, but... I think that feels good. I feel like we did that as... We got there together. What is your ranking, though? I luckily now have them visually in front of me, which I think will help. You lucky cheating bastard. Sorry. Okay. Number one. And I'm sorry, everybody. This is not an order of best. This is in my favorite order. Do not contact my family. Uh, It's got to start with curse. Sorry. Love curse. Then we're going to head into number two. Then number one. Then bride. Then cult. Then the TV show, then Seed, is that everything? Then three. Or actually, maybe three, then Seed. Yeah. I think I did it. That was hard. We found where we differ. Oh, my God. Yeah, I I know. know We're very different. We're very, very different with this list. But that's okay. But I think we still appreciate the whole franchise. Oh, yeah. Like, clearly, because we're here on a Sunday night talking about it. And we decided to completely erase the reboot, and I think that's beautiful. It's the only way. <laughs> it is the only, the only way. Before our final chapter, which is Chucky in Space, I just want to have a quick sort of side segue into other franchises that blasted off into mm-hmm. the stratosphere. And I'm just wondering if we have any thoughts about these movies. So, of all the classic, iconic horror villains to make it into space, we've got Jason and Jason X. We have Pinhead with Hellraiser Bloodline number four. You have Leprechaun four. And you have Critters four, starring Angela Bassett, which is I'm sorry. Critters went to space with Angela Bassett? Yeah. 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 I haven't seen it, so I can't pass judgment. Oh, we can pass judgment. Um Angela... You know they didn't pay her for that well enough. I, 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 I don't know anymore. I just. <laughs> I know it's hard. I'm sorry that I brought that up. I will also mention that there are most of these movies are the fourth entry in a series, and I want to think that that means something. It means that after the first three, people stop trying. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, out of Hellraiser Bloodline, Jason X, Leprechaun Four. Critters for are any of these movies special to you? Do any of them mean anything to your heart? I managed to dodge all of them. Um, so I'm very proud of myself. <laughs> like I just when a when a franchise goes to space, I know we're done talking. That was <laughs> you have said this to me in the past. And then I was like, Well, do you want to come on this episode? You were like, No, <laughs> but okay, I guess I will. You right? tricked me because it was Chucky, but it was also space. So I had to like really look at my priorities. <laughs> One kind of neutral. It's like a true neutral. That's its alignment. They cancel um, each other out because okay. Chucky's so great and space is so awful. I'm actually just trying to be cool so you like me. If I'm going to be fully real with you, 
I kind of like space garbage horror movies. Like I'm a big fan of Jason X. That is a Canadian shot shit show. And I am a fan. I saw it for the first time with Jasmine Girl that scary on Clubhouse last year. (sighs) And I, I, I I will never see it again, but I'm not. Uh, No, how dare you? Wow. (laughs) Wow. I guess we're never, I thought for the longest time we were the same person. And then we are, are, our auras just went separated right now. Who would have thought Chucky and Space would separate us? <laughs> what? <laughs> you never, you, these are the things you can never foresee. You know? Right? Yeah. Real like, life this is the real is hard. Yes, exactly. Right? These are the things you can never guess. Yeah, I fucking love Jason X. I am a Jason X apologist. David Cronenberg is in it for some reason. <laughs> um, it's stupid. It's insane. And I remember the 2002 website when it was made, and I was like, whoa, this is the future. God, I love Jason X. Um, so I love Jason X. Uh, Hellraiser Bloodline, it's weird. It's terrible. I do love it. It is probably the grossest Hellraiser movie, maybe. It's so gross. If that like helps anyone out at home into like, maybe wanting to watch it, do it. Me and Mary Beth McAndrews, the editor-in-chief of Dread Central, did an episode of Development Hell um, dedicated to Hellraiser Bloodline because that was a very troubled production. And I have seen <laughs> Leprechaun <laughs> 4 in space. And uh, yeah, that's terrible. It's so bad. It's I have the good. Hellraiser episode saved because I've never seen the movie. And I'm going to get drunk one day and watch the movie just to listen to that episode. Um, I'm gonna do the space one. I'm gonna do it just for you. So yeah, like, can't we? <gasps> Yay! Uh, someone, someone cares. Someone listens. No, everyone that is listening listens, and I appreciate all of you. Yeah, I'm still confused to why every fourth entry has to go into space. And if I ever make up, no, when my first classic horror franchise succeeds, I will send number four into space, and you are gonna have to support me on that journey. Can I just support the Kickstarter and silently back off? (laughs) You have failed me today. I kind of want to do a whole podcast about um, like horror movies that go to space called Failure to Launch. (laughs) I would live my best Would you listen to it? I would Would, listen, yes. Would you listen to it? I I, I wonder if the fourth movie is like the 100th episode in a television (laughs) show and people are like, fuck it, we made it, let's do what we want. We don't care anymore. (laughs) Yeah, I like it. Um, I don't think I'm missing any like glaring other instances of mm, horror icons that went into space. I do know at one point, Mr. John Carpenter wanted to send Michael Myers into space. Uh, I don't know why. Um, I think he had something along the lines of saying that it would be like the ultimate move. You couldn't come back from space. And I was like, Said it to Jason, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, in canon, Jason never came back. Uh, he went into space, and then 10 years later, they rebooted. So technically speaking, in canon, Jason is floating around space, and Michael Myers was defeated by Buster Rhymes. These are what happened to our horror icons. And honestly, it's what they both deserved. <laughs> I, 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 I always die a little bit when I think about how it took Buster Rhymes to shut Michael Myers. They had to bring out the big guns. They had to. They were like, LL Cool J couldn't get the job done. Bring out Buster. Yeah. It's like the three. Do you remember from Buffy? They were like, the... <laughs> who would be the third? Tyra. 
Oh my god! It just I'm I I always forget, and when I remember, it just yeah, it takes me a second to come back to be the person. I rewatched Halloween Resurrection last October because me and my friend Emily Gagne did an episode about the failed follow up film to that, which was going to be called Halloween Retribution, which is an incredible it's an incredible script. I know I know it sounds silly because it was post Resurrection. It was actually really good, and I'm really sad it didn't get made. And Buster Rhymes' character was going to come back for, like, five minutes to get murdered because that's how they do it in of that course. franchise. Kincaid. But um, I rewatched... <laughs> okay, don't unsubscribe from this podcast. Whoever you're, Whoever's listening, look at me in the eye right now. Don't unsubscribe after what I'm going to say. Please hear me out. But I rewatched Halloween Resurrection, and it's fun. And I think it's unjustly maligned. Because, like, if you're out here standing Halloween 6, you yeah. can watch Halloween Resurrection without losing your panties. Like, calm down. As somebody who grew up with Michael Myers to the point that he was one of my first imaginary friends, uh-huh. um, that franchise has sunk in lower than we all want to admit. And so, like, when people are complaining, I'm like, did you not see this installment? Did you not see that installment? <laughs> I couldn't um, agree more. I wrote the review for Halloween Kills on Dread Central, and I know it's a polarizing movie, I didn't hate it. And one of the last things I said was like, give this the benefit that you give the middle trilogy of the Halloween films. It's yeah. just as stupid and it's just as watchable. Right? I I just feel like some people just love hating things that throw personality. As somebody mm-hmm. who is anti most things, I don't understand why you would set out to be like, I'm going to hate this from the top. Okay, well then um, what do you think about Halloween Kills? Are you going to walk the walk? It was talk. fine. It was fine. I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. But okay. a lot of people had strong opinions. And I was like, you know what? I show up to see Michael Myers cut people. And he does that. And so what else am I asking for? He cuts them. And there are three. I said it in my review. There are three couples in that film mm-hmm. that make the journey worth it. The first yep. one is the queer couple. I love them so much. They die and it's really scary. Mm-hmm. Then we have the older couple who I think die about halfway through. Yeah. Um, that's a really scary scene. Like that that fucked me up when especially when she gets it in the neck. And then there's the couple that's the nurse and the doctor that get like hook up with them at the bar who are yeah. just like so funny and kind of steal the show for every time they're on the screen. And they both have really messed up death sequences as well. So those three couples, like, I don't know, make the movie worthwhile for me. You forgot the fourth couple, which was the lady in her iron, and how dare you? <laughs> oh yeah, and and then the man with the the man in the ground, the man that's the splat man. Oh, splat man, like <laughs> splat man. Ooh. <laughs> Can you imagine showing up to a town beatdown of Michael Myers and the whole town getting their ass kicked? <laughs> yes, in fact, good. It would just be like clearly we made bad decisions. We needed to have a different strategy. (laughs) Or maybe in the knife and Judy Greer, they were a couple. Listen. Uh, Are you ready to go to space? Are you ready to blast off into another dimension? I don't know. (laughs) Well, I think think that you better buckle up because we're going into space. Finally, we've reached the grand finale. Everything that you wanted is happening right now. We are talking Chucky in space. Okay, so don't send me to prison. There isn't a whole lot of information in this world about Chucky in space. It's more of a 
an idea from Don Mancini that it is an actual failed production, but it's a topic I've always wanted to explore because he has, at least in interviews, brought it up twice. First in 2017, and then again just last year. So while these may be kind of off-the-cuff, silly jokes by the by the horror hero himself, Don Mancini, the fact that it's been brewing in his in his like horror genius brain for the last five, six years, I think it means something. So the first time he brought it up was while speaking on a podcast with Joe Lynch and Adam Green on the movie Crypt. And he said something along the lines of, I have an idea for Chucky in space. You know, sometimes like kids will present a space shuttle crew with like some totemic experiment or mascot or whatever. Chucky, Chucky in space. Um, I think that's a good log line. What do you think of that? I mean, I'm anti-space, but I, I would sit forward and learn more. Did I say totemic right? I believed you. Um- <laughs> <laughs> you know what we mean by totemic experiment? Monumental. Yeah, like, you know, what is it called where you, like, um, bury, like, a bunch of shit in the ground and, and then dig it up a hundred years later? I don't know how else to answer that. It might incriminate me. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, is it a time capsule? Yeah. <laughs> that was good. Thank you. I'm here all night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, time capsule. I think it kind of has, like, a time capsule in space energy. Like, let's send Chucky into space, and then the aliens will have something to play with and get a murdered by. Um, would you want to see Chucky go, like, murdering aliens and stuff? Would you want it to be, like, sci-fi? Sci-fi spooks? I I just... No, you I, don't want I, any of those. You hate it. I don't. I don't. And I love Chucky <laughs> so much. And so I would be like, oh, no, they finally went too far. <laughs> finally have done it and they've teetered on the brink of forever a couple of times looking at uc to chucky but yeah they've never really gone past the limit like space um i, I, I would i would like knows it. how far he can push us and he's like i'm gonna play with their emotions but i'm not gonna actually do it i could see it happening on the show send chucky into spoose just like put a little <laughs> rocket on his back you wouldn't even need a spaceship just like when that would actually be a great way to get rid of Chucky. Just like get like an industrial rocket. I don't know. You can buy them anywhere. I'm sure. And just I mean, like literally easy, blast yeah. the little thing into the stratosphere. I I would I would read the Wikipedia page about it. I just don't know if I would pay to see it. I think that there's a lot of judgment and negative energy in this room right now. But <laughs> I would like Chucky to go into space. How dare you use my full name on your podcast <laughs> without my permission? <laughs> um. That's your full government name. It is. <laughs> um, well, then you'll be extra distraught to learn that just a couple of months ago, half a year ago, in October of 2021, in an interview with comicbook.com, it's always funny to me that that's like a big website, comicbook.com. Like, well, how did how did that happen for you guys? Good for you. And they break news all the time. And I'm always like, is it comic book or comic book resources? That's one of the two. Should we look this up so I don't get put into jail? I mean, um, odds are both exist now because it's the internet. Comicbook.com. Yeah, comicbook.com. I sometimes I feel like CBR is a thing too. Someone's in their car it is. freaking out. It is. But- CB- yeah, CBR, definitely. Because sometimes they pop up with the first time I'm Googling something. Like, no, I want another source. And they're like, we already told you, bitch. I'm like, no. Oh, it's like, it is totally different website. Yeah. Oh, and, and they've got a picture of Jenna Elfman on Fear of the Walking Dead. Wow, is she on Fear of the Walking Dead? Who knew? She's still working. 
I know. And then I saw a picture. I thought I saw, I literally thought this was a picture of a drag queen and I got excited, but no, it's a lady wrestler named Candice LeRae. Apparently she's oh. leaving the WWE. Huh. Good for her. Good for her. I don't know her. Or bad. I, I don't know. Maybe they treated her good. I don't know what it's like. I doubt it. I like- doubt it too. <laughs> yeah. So in a book.com in 2021, Don Mancini had this to say. I think one of the great things about Chucky is that he's such a versatile character, and we've found that he operates successfully in all kinds of different tones and subgenres, whether it's horror or comedy, places in between. So I think as a character, he's versatile enough and appealing enough and interesting enough that he could probably go anywhere, even into outer space. I do think it would be fun. I can record I, from prison. I mean, everybody else is. Like, <laughs> I... <laughs> I feel like because he's brought it up so many times, though, over such a giant span, that it's probably more serious than he wants us to know. And I'm wondering if it's how he, like, finally, like, ends it with Chucky. Like, if that's the last thing he's ever going to write. He's going to, like, write some beautiful Chucky and Space Manifesto that's going to win Oscars and change the slasher game. And there will never be a Chucky in space. No, I believe that my favorite <laughs> franchise will jump the shark. And I believe you're onto something for calling it out now. <laughs> <laughs> What are other ways do we think Chucky could like fully fully lose our attention? Oh like Chucky in the ocean? Like like <laughs> like Chucky Mariana's Trench? Chucky the Animated Adventures? Oh, tell me you wouldn't watch Chucky the Animated Series. I mean, I would get really drunk and watch it, but I would hate it. Like <laughs> What if it was like Chucky the Animated Series but it's like 2004 CGI animation comedy uh, animated series? I would you not watch they, that. You remember like the Jimmy Neutron show? Yeah, oh I want God, it to look was... like that. Just for I don't know why, just to be as crappy as possible. Why don't you like Joy? <laughs> no, I love Joy Bernhardt. No, I don't know. I don't know anything about her. She's probably bad. I don't know. <laughs> she I think is. she's Jewish though. Oh no! Oh, oh why? Because no. she's bad anymore. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Damn as, it. A, as a Jewish person, I'm in that league of extraordinary. Um, I don't know. What I'm trying to say. I'm in the league. I'm in the league. I'm tired I, now. It got so weird. I was like, I don't know what happened. This is a sports <laughs> thing. I don't understand sports things. <laughs> I actually am on a sports team. <laughs> uh, so, okay. I've never been on a sports team. Although in high school, I did make it on the improv team. And that's kind of a sport. I didn't know you did improv. I did it in high school. That Does, does that mean that you did improv? Of course not. Um, <laughs> yes, I didn't know you did it. <laughs> I think that I could, though. I, I, I say that about literally everything. Like, I'm like, I think I could weld. But, like, I do think I could improv. I think we both could. But that's not a compliment. Actually, it's an insult. <laughs> it really is. Um, yeah, like, it's the meanest we, thing you've ever said to me. <laughs> it's horrible. And yeah. I'm sorry. I, I feel like improv is one of those skills that people who have charisma and are funny have mm-hmm. but we don't celebrate that instead we're just like you're a weirdo and so we oh, yeah. go to second city and io in chicago and spend hundreds of dollars on things that are not going to benefit them not <laughs> and at then, all. They, not then all. they do it on stage for their friends for a few years they're like i hate this well <laughs> i have read both of our articles so i can tell you that i'm pretty sure we both would be good at improv because they but, both kind of have that stream of conscious you're just talking to someone you kind of know energy does that make sense yeah, it's the yes and. Mm-hmm. Yes and I'm dead. No, that's yes, not a good and, yes and I also died. Oh, th- wow. This was a good play. <laughs> it was a very short bit, but we did it. Are okay. we Edward Albee? 
I hope <laughs> we are. Is this who's afraid of Virginia Woolf too? Oh, we would be. Tell me that we wouldn't be a good George and Martha though. Listen, I think we found our calling. Can one day we do George and Martha at Fringe and just like George is fully gay, of course. Of course. Look. <laughs> of course. Oh my God. Who would be. I, I don't want to get too deep into this if you actually don't know anything about Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. Do you, do you care about Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf at all? I, I read it once upon a time. Um, I mostly know George and Martha. Weirdly Perfect. enough, I was in the booth for somebody's one person show, which was not fringe, but fringe. <laughs> and of they did a one person version of it. Yeah. And they had certain clips and they talked about their family and it was weird, but also sounds, not the worst. I was going to say, that sounds bad. That sounds like a real misread of what that show is trying to say. Like, watch that person tune into this podcast. Be like, oh, I've not heard from her in forever. And it's me being like, your show was shit. Every week, there's just a few people that I just really hope don't listen to this podcast. I feel like whenever I show up, I just open my burn book and start going. Um, <laughs> Are we bullies? <laughs> oh, so, no. We're the mean girls. It's, it's the pressure alone. <laughs> I know. I know. And speaking of that, is there a place in this world where you wouldn't mind if people found you on the internet? I would love if people found me on the internet to talk about Chucky not in space. Mm. Um, they can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Miss Sheree. Um, there's three S's in there because it's Miss Sheree spelled the fancy way. Wow. And so it's hard. I'm sorry. That's okay. I love it. And in case anyone's forgotten, can you remind us what podcasts we should find you on? Oh, yes. Um, my podcasts are also on Twitter. Um, wow. A Nightmare on Fear Street, handle Nightmare Fierce. Mm. Blurdy Massacre, handle Blurdy Massacre. And the alter tapes, you have to go through Anatomy of a Pod Squad. Anatomy of a Screen Pod Squad. They know what that's about. They Listen, know. They've been right, there. Right? They know. Yeah. That was your old home. And yes. <laughs> yeah. I wonder how many followers we have. Uh, that'd be fun to find out. If you... If Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you still listen to Development Hell from there, say hi. And if you also listen to the author tapes, say hi. Yeah. Yeah. And if you don't listen to either, you're dead. Listen, we'll find you. We're going to send you to space. And that is it for today in Chucky in Space. I don't know how we managed to talk as much about it as we did, but we're miracle workers. We'll be back. Not next week, because this girl's going on vacation. But the <gasps> week after that, we'll be back. I promise. This is how I find out you're leaving me? Oh, my God. Yeah, goodbye. Well, it's because of the space issue. I need space. I need <laughs> space dare- because of space. How, da- how dare you let space come between us? Thank you so much for listening to Development Hell. If you enjoy this podcast, then please do us a major favor of leaving us five stars and writing a positive review. It really makes all the difference in the world. We'll see you next week with a brand new episode of Development Hell. Thank you for listening to the Dread Podcast Network.